Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. We started last week a series called The Blessing, and the text is Genesis chapter 12. Would you look there? If you have a Bible, would you open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 12? It's when the Lord came to this guy named Abram before they changed his name to Abraham. And he told Abram, I want you to do something. And as you do it, I'm going to bless you. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 says this. Can we read this out loud? Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, this word blessing is used 330 times in the Bible. It's actually the Hebrew word barak. It's the word to, it's a proclaiming of blessing upon people in fact it's the very first word that he said to mankind he said i'm gonna bless he said then the lord blessed adam and eve and said multiply and then when the earth when when god actually you know had the flood and everyone was killed and then the noah noah and the ark you know and all his family and such when noah and his family came out of the ark the bible says the very first words he said is i bless you now multiply be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. See, a lot of people are trying to be fruitful and multiply in their lives, but they don't have the, they're not walking in the blessing. What is the blessing? Is blessing a, a, a amount of money? No. Blessing is a proclaimed blessing. It just simply means empowered to prosper. You're empowered to prosper. It means, it really just, it means things work in your life. Things work. It's not an amount of money. It's not favor. I mean, it's not fame. It's just things work. When you step out in the blessing of God, things just work. People come into alignment. Money comes into alignment. Finances, doors open. Things happen. I know because I've lived under it for years, under the blessing of God. It's one of the things he says that he'll do in Malachi chapter 3. He says, uh, bring all the time in the storehouse, there will be food in my house, and prove me now in this, if I will not, and the very first thing he said, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you, Brock. See, we're, we're wanting to receive the blessing of God, but we don't want to do what the Lord says to do to receive the blessing of God. I promise it'll be better for you then it always feels like if I put in the work, oh, the work takes so much sacrifice. No, the work is the seed. It's just being in alignment with the Lord. And it's not just tithing. That's not, that's not the only thing I'm saying. It's following the path and the course of the Lord for your life and just listen, being where he tells you to be. That's where the blessing is. So he, it's an empower to prosper. Now in Genesis chapter 12, I want you to notice this. He said to Abram, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the blessing on you And I'm going to make you a blessing so you'll be a blessing. Say, be a blessing. See, many if we ever get to where it's all about our blessing, but it's not about our blessing, blessing others, then we'll miss it and we'll get into this whole prosperity. I don't have any problem with prosperity because God doesn't have any problem with it, prosperity. But what you do have a problem with is greed and the love of money, which is the root of all evil, the Bible says, right? 
See, when he told Abram, I'm going to bless you, he said, but you're going to be a blessing. In other words, being a blessing comes with the blessing on your life. He said, I'm going to bless you, and there's going to be blessing from you, and there's going to be blessing toward you. In other words, channels toward you are blessed, channels away from you are blessed, and you yourself is blessed. In fact, if anyone messes with those channels, anyone who curses you, I'm going to what? Curse. And those two words for curse are two different Hebrew words. One means to esteem you lightly. He said, the people, he said, you, Abram, you and your family and your generations, and you, you might say, why are we talking about Abram? Because it says in Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abram, what is he talking about? That same blessing will come upon the Gentiles who believe. That's me. Somebody say, that's me. Yeah, if you believe in Christ Jesus, that's you. So we're talking about the blessing that's on Abram, not the blessings. You're not going to open your front door and have a bunch of goats out in the front door because Abram did. No, but you will have the blessing of God on your life that he walked in. And I went through last week how Abram was blessed. Isaac was blessed. I, Isaac sowed in the year of double famine, and that year he reaped a double, he reaped plentiful. J, uh, Jacob was blessed. Joseph was blessed. All the lines, we're blessed. Why? Because the blessing's upon us. So blessing, could you say this? Blessing on you? Blessing from you? blessing to you the two words that he says about curses those who esteem you lightly i'm going to produce a, i'm going to uh put a binding curse upon them that's a heavy thing what is god saying you're not going to mess up my channel of blessing whom i bless i bless in fact remember he said that we went over it last week well what were uh Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who became Israel. Jacob was really the second-born son. Esau was the first-born son. And, and Esau came and said, where's my blessing, Pop? And Pop said, I already gave your blessing away. And the, whom I blessed is blessed. In other words, it's a tangible thing. It's something, I gave it away. It wasn't like he sneezed and he said, bless you. No, it was like I gave the blessing away. Listen, if you're blessed, you're blessed. Somebody say amen. You're blessed of God. It's an important thing to God over and over and over and over again. He talks about the blessing of God on your life. So last week, the three points I gave you was blessing comes from God. The blessing transcends your limitations. I don't care if the whole world is going to pot. When the blessing of God's on you, it's going to work. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then the blessing's tangible and it must be received. God's not a pusher. He's not going to push salvation on you. He's not going to push the Holy Spirit on you. He's not going to push uh, prosperity on you. He's not going to push healing on you. He's not going to push the blessing on you. But it's provided for every one of us that will receive. Come on. Would you just stop right now again and just say, I receive the blessing of the Lord in my life. Say it over your life. I receive the blessing of the Lord in my household. I receive the blessing of the Lord over my kids, over my grandkids. I receive the blessing of the Lord over my generation, over my heritage. Even if you came from a jacked up family and a jacked up generation let me tell you when the blessing comes the curses stop you may say all of my family for years were alcoholics listen when the blessing when you receive the blessing alcoholism has to stop in your family right now come on just say the cursings are stopped and the blessings we receive in our in our family in jesus name we receive it the blessing of god church i'll tell you when i see I don't care if it's just sniffling or a sickness or something that'll come in my household. They'll say, <clears throat> I just have a little cough. What's going on? And I'll just stop and thank the Lord for healing. Lord, we thank you that the healing 
is on our household. And, I'll, and I'm just telling you, just in a matter of time, that it goes away and it just moves forward. It's not because I'm anything special because God is no respecter of persons, but I'm telling you, I recognize that anything that I have that's successful, anything, it's because of the hand of the Lord. It's not because I earned it. It's not because I, I did something to deserve it. In fact, I feel like the harder I try, the more it doesn't work. Amen. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about using what you have. Using what you have. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Gavin, I appreciate you. Uh, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, Jesus uh, tells this parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Whose goods were they? They were the masters. And he gave his goods to these three people. He says, to one he gave five talents, say five. To another he gave two, say two. And to another he gave one, say one. You might say, well, that's not fair. He gave some one five, one two, and one one. But he clarifies it. He says, to each according to his ability. In other words, to that person it was the same amount. Right? If I were to come and I were to say, I have three sets of weights here, right? And I have a big dude and I say, here, this is, a, you know, this is 100 pounds and I have a medium-sized dude and I say, here's 50 pounds and I come over to a, uh, someone else and I say, here's, tw here's 20 pounds, right? And they each lift it and they all have about the same effort. Well, I gave them each according to their ability to lift it, right? The master here gave to each one according to their ability to use the gifts that he's given, given them. It says, and then he went on a journey, verse 16, and he came and he, he who had received five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. In other words, he did something with what God gave him or what the master gave him, should I say. Verse 17, and likewise, he who had received two talents gained two more. What did he do? He did something. Say, did something. He did something with what was given to him. And then it says in verse 18, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground. He hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with him. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents and said, Lord, you've delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The man who received two talents, he came and said, Lord, you've delivered me two I gave you back two. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful. I, I, I've, uh, you have been faithful over a few things. I want you to notice in both five and two, he said, you've been faithful over a few. To, to the master, that was just a few. Even the five was just a few. People say, you have five talents. <laughs> to the Lord, it's just a few. In other words, it's just whatever I have the ability to use. Whatever talents you have, that's the ability that you have to use. Over a few things, I'll make you ruler over men and any of the joy of the Lord. Look at verse 24. He who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. And look, have what is yours. I want you to notice that this man, he said, uh, Lord, I don't want to really take it because I know you're a hard man. You're going to be, I'm not going to be able to use what you have. So I'm just going to hide it and hold on to it for you. I really never took the talent. But as Lord said, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I've not sown. And, where I, uh, and, and gather where I've not scattered seed. He Notice the master didn't deny it. He said, I do want increase. He said, so you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers and coming back I would have received my own with interest. 
He says, so take the talent from him, who ha- uh, from him, the one who has the one, and give it to him who has ten talents. For whoever has, more will be given, and him will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Lord, open our eyes to this, I pray in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you three points about using what you have. And the title of my message this morning is Use What You Have. Use what you have. Number one is this. You can only steward what you have. You can only steward what you have. Sometimes we look at what other people have and we say, I want what they have, but you don't have it. You only have what you have. Why? And why do you have what you have? Because God looked at you and whatever you have now is what you have the ability to use. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if in this story, if the man with five talents started out with one talent and maybe he went to four and maybe he got up to five. Sometimes we just think they all started at five. Some of the people that God uses in the biggest ways, they didn't start out with all of it. They started out just using the little bit that God gave them. In Matthew 25, we see it. In verse 20, it says that the man who received five talents He came back and he said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Also, the man with two talents said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. What did they do? They both acknowledged that the talents had been given to them. Listen to me. They both acknowledged that the talents had been given to them. What did the one talent guy do? He said, Lord, here's your money. He didn't really even receive it. He just said, I don't really want to take it because I'm not sure I have the ability to do with it because I know that you're a man that wants return. So because you want return on your money, I'm just going to hold on to it for you. And that's what a lot of people do with the gifts and talents that God's given them is they hold on to it and they say, I'm not sure what God wants to do with it, so I'll just hold on to it for God. And you know what will happen? Well, look at the story. (laughs) It's taken away from them and given it to the person who has the ability, who will step out and use the talents that the Lord's given him. I remember when I was in my teenage years and I knew that the Lord wanted me to, to lead worship. I didn't feel, you know, like the most skilled person. I couldn't sing the best. I couldn't, you know, I was just, I was insecure in a lot of ways. And I just, I remember, I didn't even have a keyboard. And I remember that uh, the, the Lord, you know, just stirred on my heart to worship him. And so I would sit down at my piano. I'd go to church and after service or in between, I'd kind of sit down and I'd play. And I remember the Lord really stirred my heart and said, I want you to lead worship. And I saw this picture of me leading worship on a keyboard. You know, not in some big place, but just, uh, you know, about the size or so. And it was just leading worship, uh, you know, on a keyboard. I didn't have a keyboard, but you know what I did? I kept using what I had. I went and used the little out-of-tune keyboard I had, and I'd play it, and I'd play it, and I'd play it, and I'd sit up into the night, and I'd play it, and I'd play it. You know what happened? And literally within a month, a guy called me up and said, David, do you play keyboard? I said, oh, I don't know if I call it that, but, but I try to, and I love the Lord. He said, you know, I have a, uh, he said, I paid about $2,500 for it, but I have a keyboard with all the sounds and patches and all the things, you know, come with it. Back then it was a Yamaha DX7. I mean, and, and it, was, it was the bomb, you know, back then. It was like the keyboard. He said, I just want to bless you with it. The Lord told me just to bless you with it. I said, are you serious? He said, I'm serious. He said, do you want to pray about it? I said, yes. Lord, I pray. Okay, yeah. He said, yeah. We were, he, that, that was me. That was me. And he came and delivered it and put all those things. But you know what? I can, I can almost promise you, if I hadn't started just sitting down at my little out-of-tune piano and just started worshiping the Lord and loving the Lord on that, I took that key that, that, that would have never come to me. So it comes to me, I started leading worship on that, I led worship on that for probably five years, and I was just, I'll tell you what, I was so excited 
about being able to lead worship and play on that keyboard. But it wasn't just the worship. It was that I'd look down and I'd have the blessing of God right there because I never, I never even asked God for a keyboard, to be honest. I mean, that I can think of. I just started using what the Lord gave me. I can tell you there's so many stories like that probably in your own life as well. That's just one in my life that I remember back on. And I thank God that as you begin to use and step out in what God has for you, he'll open the windows of heaven. He'll, he has people all around who can provide things and who can do things. You don't need to beg. You don't need to borrow. You don't need to steal, certainly. But you just need to step out in the things that he has. So number two, you can only steward what, do you, ha- what you have. What do you have? Number two is, or number one. Number two is this. Fear discounts what you have. I said fear discounts what you have. See, you begin to get your eyes on other people. And you start discounting yourself. I'm not good enough. I don't have the education. I don't have the context. I don't have people. I don't have the look. I don't have the voice. I don't have the the experience. I don't have the administration skills. I don't have the family. I don't know how to dress. I'm a loser. I'm this. And you start thinking of all these things. And you know that God's asked you to do something. But just like Moses when he asked him to go set the people free. And he said, stutter, right? He came to God and he kind of talked God out of it. And God said, well, use your brother. Aaron was kind of the second choice, you know, to bring Aaron in on the picture. God wanted to use Moses. Why? Let me tell you, God is well aware who he's asking. God is well aware of your strengths and God is well aware of your weaknesses. Somebody say amen. In fact, in your weaknesses, that's when he can shine the best. That's when he can be made strong. So fear discounts what you have. In this Matthew 25, it says, then he who would receive one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. What is he saying? You were tough to work for. (laughs) You're tough to work for. He said, reaping where you have not sown. What is he saying? He's saying, you get profits off of investments that don't even come to you. And that's obviously was true. He didn't deny it. He says, you're getting profits. You're proud. He did with the five, right? The, five, the, the guy who had five talents came back and made five more talents. The master didn't sow into that. The five talented guy did. So did the two talented guy. He said, I know you're reaping where you have not sown and you're gathering where you've not scattered. See what he's saying? You're collecting in places where you don't even work. So I don't want to mess with your money. In the uh, message, it says on this, Master, I knew you have high standards. And, I, and you hate careless ways. And you demand the best and make no allowances for, for error. You know, sometimes we don't, we know that God's called us to something and we don't want to make a mistake with it and it it becomes an excuse and we hold on to it and never use what God has given. So what did he say? He said, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent. Say afraid and say hid. See, that's what happens. Why do you hide your talent? A lot of times it's because you're afraid. You're afraid that you're not good enough. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of you could be afraid of, 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 of uh, success or failure. Sometimes people get up to the success and they sabotage themselves because they realize every time I get successful, it jacks up my life. Or every time I get out there and try my hardest, I end up failing. He says, I went and hid your talent because I was afraid. I was afraid to even do anything with what you've given me, so I held on to it for you. I held on to my talent for you because I was afraid to use it for me. I was afraid to use it in my own hand. And the message says, I was afraid I might disappoint you. Have you ever been afraid of disappointing God so you don't step out and do the, the thing he asks? 
for you to do. I was afraid I'd disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place to secure your money. Here it is. Here it is for you. It's safe and sound to the last cent. See, fear held him back from even using the talents that God gave him. Verse 15, it says, the master gave to each according to his ability. In other words, the one had the ability to use one just as much as the five had the ability to use five. And what he was doing, when you're holding on and fearing that you'll be able to succeed in the things God's called you to, you're doubting the master's ability to assess what he's given you. You're doubting that the, the master understands that when he's given you something, he expects you to use it and to produce more out of it than it has. And notice the five said, I'll take it and I'll double it. And same thing with two. But the one doubted the ability to even be able to use it because he was so afraid it turned him inward and it spiraled down. He said, you wicked and you lazy servant. The master was furious and the message just says, that's a terrible way to live. And can I just tell you this morning, if you have something that God's given you and you're not using it for God, it's a terrible way to live. And you'll never realize the blessing of God on your life until you take what he's given you and put it back out there. What if it fails? Well, with the blessing of God, it won't. With the blessing of God, it will succeed. Right? And sometimes if it does look like it's failing the first time, get up and do it again. A righteous man in Proverbs says falls seven times in a day. And he gets back up and he goes for it. Listen, if your business has failed, get back up, do it again. Now, what I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the insanity of the definition, right? He's doing the same thing, expecting different results. I'm talking about if God puts something in your heart that's not working, pray about it. Get back up, go for it. Step out there. Do what God's told you to do and God will bless you. Somebody say amen. So you ought to have at least deposited my money, he said, with the bankers at my coming I would have received. If you knew that I wanted increase, why didn't you do something with it? So number one was you can only steward what you have. Number two was fear discounts what you have. And number three is stewardship increases what you have. I said stewardship increases. It's not the ability to hold on to what you have so that you come back with the same thing that he's given you. No, it increases what you have. In verse 28, it says, take the talent from him, from the one, and give it to the ten. For to everyone who has, say this with me, everyone who has, more will be given. What is he saying? Everyone who has the ability to use what God has given you, that's the person I'm going to give more to. He says, more will be given and he'll have an abundance, but from him who uh, does not have, even what he has will be taken away. In the New Living Translation, it says, to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given. See, sometimes we could sit here and pray that God will, will increase us and give us more, but can I tell you, the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs 10.22 says, one makes, makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. If God gave you more than you had the ability to use, it wouldn't be a blessing to you. We just read about it back in the book of Exodus where the Bible said the children of Israel, he's going to cause you to come into the land little by little, lest the beasts of the field overwhelm and the place become desolate. In other words, you don't... You don't <laughs> You're not ready for something bigger. You're only ready for what you have. And if I gave you more than what you have right now, it wouldn't be a blessing to you. Do you know what's a blessing to you? Whatever you have right now. 
Whatever you have right now. See, some people don't believe that, but it's the absolute truth. Whatever you have right now is the blessing. It's what God's given you to steward. And if you'll steward what you have right now, he'll entrust you with more. You cannot sit on your talent. Use whatever's been given to you the best of your ability. Here's the main point of this. The master wasn't disappointed with talent one person because, uh, because he lost his investment. The master was di- disappointed in talent one person because he didn't even invest. God will not be disappointed in you if you use what he's given you and it fails. God will only be disappointed if you use what he's given if you don't even use what he's given you. Why? Because you didn't come up to the potential that he has for you. See, it's not just about our potential where people look at us and say, oh, you're so great. Has nothing to, you know, that, that's not, though, unless it reflects the glory of the Lord. Of course, we want that. You know what it's about? It's about you're supposed to be a blessing to other people. So you're using and stepping into what God's called you to be will bless other people. Remember, Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he says, uh, he who is faithful in what's least will also be faithful in what's much. And he who is unjust in what's least will also so be uh, uh, unjust and what's much. What does that mean? It means however you are now is the way you'll be when he blesses you later. When I get into that place, then I'll tithe. When I get into that place, then I'll step out and, and, and serve in the areas God wants me to. When I get into that place, I'll release the gift that God's called me to. No, you won't. Because if you're not doing it now, you won't do it later. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Read it. Meditate it. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He said, however you're doing it now, however you're treating it now, however you're treating your car right now is the way you'll treat the new car. If you don't vacuum out your car and clean your car, then you'll treat that that new car with a mess too. In fact, you may not even get one. Why? Because you have to steward what you have now. If you don't steward the apartment he's given you right now, if you don't steward the little room you, that he's given you right now, which is a blessing of God for you, then how is he going to give you more to steward? Somebody say amen. If you're faithful in what's least, you'll be faithful in what's much. The way you treat things right now. In fact, he said, and, 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 and unless you, uh, the way you steward someone who's a, which is another man's is the way you'll steward your own is the way you'll treat your own. In other words, if you can't serve in an area that someone else is the leader, you won't be entrusted to ever be the leader. If you can't, the way that you treat the leader and be under the leader and serve in that area is the way you'll be when it's your area. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. That's why it's important that wherever he's put you, It's not about climbing the totem pole. It's not about success and trying to get to the top. It's about being right where God's called you to be and do everything you can do and use what he's called you uh, to right now. Everybody's waiting for the next season, but your next season is dependent on how you handle the now season. I said your next season is dependent on how you handle the now season. The way, you're, the way you are with your stuff right now is the way it'll be in the future. Tomorrow is dependent on today. God always works with what you have, not with what you don't have. Somebody say amen. Now, I'm just going to give you a couple of examples before I close here. One is Elijah. One is Elisha. 
Okay? One's Jesus. Look at Elijah went to the widow in 1 Kings chapter 17. It says, the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise, go to Seraphath, and I, see, I have commanded a widow, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. <laughs> Look at the place where God went to him. He said, I didn't go to a rich man. I, I'm not asking a rich man to provide for you. I want a widow to provide for you. It says, he rose, he went to Seraphath, he went to this widow, and he found this widow gathering sticks. Can you imagine the picture? Just close your eye and picture the picture. A widow's gathering sticks, and you're like, hey, she's going to give you something. I mean, that's almost sad, right? It seems like. And he called her and he said, hey, could you bring me some water? And she, uh, she, was, she was going to get the water. And then he said, hey, can you bring me some bread while you, get me, while, while you bring me the water? And she looked at him and said, I do not have bread. Notice, it wasn't what she didn't have. I do not have bread. I only have a handful of flour and a bin and a little jar. And what did he say? He said, uh, and she said, and I'm gathering up a couple sticks that I can go prepare for myself and my son. And we're going to eat it and then we're going to die. It's kind of the last that I have. Can you imagine God going to a prophet and saying, go take the, go take the rest of it? Go, she's just about to die anyway. Just go take the rest of it. That sounds cruel, doesn't it? But, but notice, God's not trying to take. God's trying to get because God honors the widow and the orphan. So he went to her and he said, uh, Elijah said, don't fear, but do as you have said and make me a small cake, but make it first. Say first. Notice he said first. Why did he say first? Because he, he wanted to make sure to get a bite because she was a good cook, right? He wanted to make sure to get a bite before she died, so why don't you make it for me first? No, what was he saying? If you don't get it to God's servant first, if you don't get it to God first, then God can't come and put something back on you. There's something about the first, okay? So he came and said, give it to me first and bring it back to me and afterwards make some for yourself. Notice he said, put the man of God first, then for yourself. See, this is always always how it happens in the word it says and bring it to me and afterwards make some for yourself uh he said for the god of israel thus says the god of israel the bin of flour shall, uh, shall not be used up and the jar shall not uh, run dry and the day of the lord sends rain what did he do he was blessing her right there and it says she went and did according to the word of elijah and she and her household ate for many days. Say many days. It says the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar run oil run dry according to the word of the Lord. Notice he didn't just pray for her for blessing. He went to her and said, take what you have. What do you have? I only have a little. Take the first part of the little and give it to me. And then I'm going to bless you. And then all the rest of what you have is blessed. See, sometimes we pray. The prayer won't get the blessing. It's the obedience. What's blocking my blessing? This is it. Let me show you Elisha. Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 4. It says a certain woman uh, of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha and said, your servant, your husband's dead. He says, and the creditor's coming to take my, uh, my two sons away as slaves. What do I do? Right? The prophet Elisha found her in a desperate situation. Did Elisha just pray for her? No. Elisha said, what shall I do for you? She said, uh, and then he said, what do you have? Can you say, what do you have? Notice if God wants to do something for you, he has to work with what you have. Not just pray a blessing. But he, he's always, when, he, when, he's, when he's working with a blessing, he always wants to work with what you do have, not with what you don't have. He said, what do you have? Say it again. What do you have in the house? And she said, well, my maidservants has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. 
So do you think, what did God do with it? He took the jar of oil. He said, go borrow vessels from all of your neighbors, as many as you can get. And what did he do? He said, I want you to go in, shut the door with your sons behind you, and begin to pour those vessels into the other ones. He said, so she, set, she shut the door, verse 5, behind her. She borrowed all these vessels. She poured it, and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said, there's not another vessel, so the oil ceased. When did the oil cease? When she stopped having capacity for the blessing. See, overflowed oil, overflowed, lost oil was not a blessing. Trying to get more talents is not a blessing. Trying to get more than you have the ability to work with is not a blessing. So the oil ceased when the, when the vessel stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, well... You know, she probably came and told him, said, do you want the oil? And he said, no, go sell all the oil, pay off your debts, and live with your sons. What was she doing? He said, but I first need you to take what you have. Take what you have and do something with it. God used what she had. Remember the feeding of the 5,000, right? Jesus said 5,000 plus women and children. He came and said, you give them something to eat. And they said, we don't have anything. And he said, what do we? Come on, what do you? Say it again. What do you? See, he didn't say, what do you not have? And a lot of times we're trying to get provision on what we don't have. Talk about all the stuff we don't have. But God doesn't need what you don't have. He has what you don't have. But he needs you to use what you do have so that he can give you what you don't have. That's called the grace gap. It's the, it's the, gap, the, the gap in between what you do have and you don't have that meets up what he's telling you to do. But if you won't even use what you do have... He can't give you what you don't have. What did he say? He said, what do we have? Oh, we just had this little boy's lunch. He did it twice, right? Feeding of 5,000 and 4,000. He came and he said, he took it. And as soon as he took it, notice he didn't curse it. Because a lot of times we take what we have and say, little bitty sucky lunch. Or, probably ate half of it. I can't remember. How are we going to feed the 5,000? No, the Bible says he took it and he gave thanks. Do you take the little the Lord's given you and thank him for it? Or do you take it and curse it? Why didn't he give me what they have? What about what they have? What about what they have? No, he took it. He blessed it. He gave thanks. And what did he say? He blessed it. What did he do? He spoke blessing over the little. And then he broke it and distributed. And what, what happened? All of them ate, and then they had 12 baskets left over because he, they took what they did have. In fact, they didn't even have it. They had to borrow it from the boy, just like the widow had to borrow the, the, the oil or the jars from all the neighbors. Let me tell you, he was saying, I need you to extend and look what you have, and God wants to use what you have to do miracles. Gavin, can you come up here? I want to tell this last uh, story. I remember hearing about a story years ago about R.G. Letourneau. Listen to this. R.G. Letourneau was an inventor of earth-moving machines. You know, like these big caterpillar tractors and these things out there. He began to tithe and ask the Lord to bless his business. And the Lord began to give him ideas. He had over 300 patents. And he began to, he said, I'm going to take my tithe instead of 10%, I'm going I'm to go 20%. And then I'm going to go 30%. And he, he started being so successful God began to bless his business so much because he kept putting it back into the hands of the Lord. What happened? He went to 40%, 50%. Do you know that by the time he got later on in his life, he tithed 90% of his income and lived off the 10% a wealthy man because God blessed him so much 
And he believed so much that the blessing of the Lord, the hand of the Lord was on. He was just a simple businessman that began to put what he had in the hands of the Lord and little by little, give more, do more, be a blessing to others. And God, God's hand was on him. His famous quote, one of his famous quotes was this, I shovel out the money and God shovels it back. He said, but God always has a bigger shovel. And can I tell you, take out the word money and put anything in there. I give my gifts, my talents, my graces, my love. Could be also finances. But it could be any area of your life I give. I don't withhold from God. Come on, right now, right now, bow your heads. Right now, just say, God, I give you my life. Some of you need this message. This isn't just a message. This is, this is a trans, this is the breakthrough that you've been asking the Lord for. Right now, just say, God, I put my life in your hands. I may feel like I have one talent, but I give that talent back to you. Would you tell him with your words, not just your thoughts, tell him with your words, I give my talent back to you. I give what you've given me. Lord, help me to use what you've given me for you. God, if you've given me one, I give it back to you. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my talents. I don't want to sit on my talents. But Lord, like your word says, to him who has, more will be given. And help me to use all that I have for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name. Church, let me ask you, what do you have that you've been holding on to? bow your heads, close your eyes, think about that. What do you have that you've been holding on to? What has the Lord spoken to you that you've been afraid to step out in? What has the Lord spoken to you that you've been afraid to let go of? You've been to step out, you know it's right, but you don't think you can either afford it or you don't think you can, you think you might fail or you think it may not work. Has fear held you back from using what you have? Let me just tell you, God has so much more for you. But this is the way to do it. You have to give. He's not asking for what you don't have. But he's asking for what you do have. Come on, right now, put your hands out in front of the Lord. Would you do it with me? I'm going to do it right here. Do it with me. Just put your hands out and say, at home, put your hands out in front of the Lord and say, Lord, I give you what I have. I give you my life. It may not be much. God, but I give you my heart, my thoughts, my mind. I love you today. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.